Our quick tip for today is... All about schedules. Having printed schedules and making sure everyone has a copy of that printed schedule, as well as a digital copy of that schedule. That way everyone's on the same page. And if you need to make changes, you can write on it. Um, yeah, it's essential. It's essential for sure. Cool. Let's get into it. This is the Top Secret Wedding Podcast, where we share top secret tips to help you take your wedding game to the next level. I'm Annika, and I'm a wedding coordinator, enthusiast, and venue manager for one of the best venues in Idaho. I'm Chris, and I'm a DJ, master of ceremonies, and all-around lover of weddings. We're on a mission to improve weddings and wedding professionals everywhere. Today, we are talking about how to ruin a wedding. Yes. And I'm really excited <laughs> about this one. I am, too. I am, too. I mean... You know, you never have the hope of ruining a wedding. That's what we're trying to prevent. Yeah. But we, I think we got a good list of ways to ruin a wedding. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously we would never do these things, but I mean, I've seen probably all of these things done at a wedding and it contributes to a not great wedding. Um, and if somebody did all of these, it would be a terrible, it would not be a good wedding. <laughs> so um, let's, let's dive right in to, uh, to number one. Yeah. So number one is to just not have a schedule. That's one surefire way to ruin a wedding. Have you seen weddings that don't have schedules? Yeah, I, I definitely have. They show up and they're like, well, I, I don't know. We'll just go with the flow. And there's just nothing that disrupts a wedding more than nobody knowing what's going on. Yeah. Um, and for me, so I'm I'm all about trying to build these moments, trying to build special special moments throughout the day. And if you don't plan them in, they're not generally going to happen. Um, and the other thing is, if you don't have a schedule, then somebody it's going to fall to somebody, and we'll talk about this, I guess, in a second. But it's going to fall to somebody to have to wrangle people in, unless it's literally just an open house, which I think. It, boring anyways but um yeah and and that takes that person that's having to wrangle everybody and oftentimes it's the bride or photographer <laughs> and uh and it takes them out of the moment they they aren't able to really participate and be in the moment which to yeah. me that's sad kind of going along with that too it's if if you have your schedule, making sure it's known and it's not just you. You know, I've seen instances where the bride has a schedule and like you're saying, it takes her out of the moment because nobody else knows what's going on. But she's like, okay, but this is the schedule. But if no one else is aware of what that schedule is, it's just going to completely take her out of her day. That's so true. Um, I, I've also seen <clears throat> where where one person has this schedule, a different person has this schedule. And we always make it a point to, to try and send those schedules beforehand so that when we show up, we're all on the same page because, you know, we might plan for, um, some really cool thing an hour after the photographer is supposed to be gone. So if we send it beforehand, the photographer can say, actually, we need to move this around. Uh, and we can do that beforehand. Um, and that way we're all on the same page. So, yeah, I think we'll definitely get into this just a little more in a future episode. But on top of that, it's 
you know, you want everyone to be on the same page with your schedule. I've had instances where I talk with a vendor and I'm like, hey, like, do you have a copy of the schedule? And they're like, don't worry about it. I got it. And it's like, okay, wait, no, team, like, we're a team player here, you right. know? How am I going to support you in this? Exactly. And just, oh, no, don't don't worry about it. I, I got the schedule. You don't need to worry about it. And yeah. it's like, okay, but we're a team here. So Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. talk about teams. Um, <laughs> so I I have a, along with, with schedules, um, when people don't plan for enough time for various things, right? So, uh when I see receptions that are only two hours long, mm-hmm. it's almost never enough time for yeah. what you want to get done. I feel like whenever I have seen a two hour long reception, they just feel rushed and you get to the point where you have to start picking and choosing yeah. what you want. And I mean, when it's your wedding day, don't you just want everything that you want? You don't want to feel yeah. rushed and, oh, well, we don't have time for this. We have to hurry and do this. And yeah. you know, you want to enjoy it. You don't want to rush through it. <clears throat> I remember when when we got married, Nicole and I, at the end of the wedding day, and I've heard this from multiple people, that we got there, we got to the end, and we're like, wow, that rushed by so fast. So I can only imagine, and I think we had, you know, three-hour, four-hour reception with dancing and all that stuff. So I can only imagine just like a two-hour reception, like that's your wedding day. Man, I just feel like I would... I'd be missing so much. So Oh, totally. I do feel like though on the the opposite end, there's also scheduling way too much time. And if your schedule is way too long, you start to lose people's attention. So I do think it's yeah. a sweet spot. Um, but I have had weddings that they schedule like an eight hour reception. Yeah. And then by the time it's the send off, nobody's there because, you know, it's just been too long. You've lost them. Yeah. A hundred percent. I, uh, so most weddings, I would say most wedding venues have to cut off at 10 o'clock. Right. Uh, and I think probably the most successful time to start is four o'clock. I agree. I typically recommend around four o'clock. Um, I've had brides that start a lot earlier than that and it just doesn't seem to work out well. Just drags. It just drags yeah. forever. And then if you start past four, you just feel so rushed and like you're not getting to enjoy your whole day. Yep. So I, I had one couple, uh, I think it was either 2020, 2021, and they they said, We're gonna dance for four hours. I'm like, you're not gonna dance for four hours. But they were all long distance runners. The bride and groom were long distance runners. All of their like bridesmaids, groomsmen, everybody was long distance runner. Dude, they danced for four hours. Did they really? <laughs> I was shocked. So I'm always looking for my next long distance runner bride. Yeah. Groom. I mean, yeah. I do think at the end of the day, you have to know your group. You know, yeah. there are some groups who like, you know, you could say, oh, you're not going to dance for four hours. And then they get all their buddies there and they just are going. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot I've been surprised at and I'm like, Wow. All right. That's, yeah. It's a party. But then there's other ones that are like, oh, we'll, we'll totally have a dancing group. And it's like pulling teeth to get people on the dance floor. Yeah. So I, I do think there is power in knowing your group. Knowing your group. hundred percent. That's good. Uh, next, let's talk about not having someone in charge of running the day. You probably see this a lot and it probably falls to you, right? It does. Yeah. Yeah. With weddings that we've hosted, it does end up falling to us a lot. Ultimately, um, when we got started as a venue, we we just weren't in charge of running the day. It was just one of those things where we were there if they needed help. And I would say 
probably like 80% of the time it would end up falling onto us anyway. So now it's something that we just include. We call it the day of coordination. And it's included. And it's included. Time. Yep. Okay. We just, we decided to just include it because it happens. Yeah. So you might as well mark it that you do it if you're yeah. going to do it anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, having someone as that point person to help keep you on your timeline and help run the day. Um, you do this a lot as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, I I think we I always have to deal with the um, the idea that couples don't always know exactly what they want. Like they have this vision, and they they know kind of the outcome that they want, but they don't always have they don't always know the plans that need to go into that for that to happen. And one of the biggest things is having a day of coordinator. That's that's the thing when people call me and they're looking for a DJ and. I start selling them on, I'm going to help coordinate. I'm going to help you put together a schedule. And I hardly even talk about music, actually, because that's what couples after the wedding say. They're like, kept us on schedule. Because, I mean, you've seen it. If there's, we talked about it, if there's no schedule, nothing's going to happen. The coordination is the thing couples need that they don't know they need until they have the coordination day up, you right. know, and then they're like, oh my goodness, I'm so glad you're here. Like you're yeah. so on top of it. You know what we need. But I feel like until that point, they don't actually understand how much it's needed. Right. And you can't so. tell them you don't understand. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, another thing that I see often is photographers having to be the coordinator. Yeah. I've seen that a lot. I hate that. I do too. Yeah. Not that they're not, they can't be good at it, but I just feel bad because their job is to be the artist behind the camera and capture all of that. I feel like very similarly, it's obviously their job's the photographer, but similar to the bride, their job's to be in the moment and to capture those moments. And if they get so caught up on, here's the timeline, here's the schedule, we have to stick to this. It Again, it pulls them out of that moment and they can't just be in the moment to capture that moment and that love. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Um, Ooh. This next one. This is this is your. This go-to. next one. This is yeah. This is my. I hate it so much. Uh, receiving lines. We could probably do, and maybe we will do a whole episode on this. But receiving lines, mm-hmm. I think. I think the idea behind him is nice. I have to be the careful I- how I talk about it. The this. idea is nice. Right. You know, the sentiment is nice. But the execution usually is not. It's good. It's usually rough. Yeah. Uh, I'll. I'm going to start with two receiving line ideas that I actually am okay with and actually like. So uh, one is right after the ceremony, when the couple is at the back of the ceremony, like the aisle. And as people are leaving, they do a quick thank you or quick, like congratulations, you're married. Because then it's quick. It's nice, easy, done. They're able to greet all their guests. Their guests are able to thank them for inviting them, all that stuff. So that's one. The second one uh, is... And it, you have to have the right family dynamic for this. But having the families or wedding party serve the food. Oh, the that's a line. fun idea. Right? Yeah. I mean, like you said, it has to be the right fit for your family. Yeah. But that's a fun idea. Yeah. I've, there's a family that I've done, I don't know, four or five weddings for. And they do this every time. They told me we're going to do a receiving line. I said, don't do it. And they said, well, we're going to do it different. And they did this. And it was really nice because... Uh, everybody got to say hi to him, but they had to keep the line moving because people want food. Because people wanted food, so it, it makes that sense of urgency. Yeah. There's nothing I've 
disliked more than like there being a receiving line and it's just backed up because someone is just sitting there chatting but if you have yeah. food yeah right. <laughs> it moves you along that's smart yeah so receiving lines uh, uh i'll give my 30 second uh hate speech about it um one, they don't give you the opportunity to say hi to the people. Spend the spend the amount of time that you want to with the people that you care about more and spend less time with the people that you care about less because there's the pressure from behind. Two, it makes the people that are standing in line, it's boring for them because most of the time they're not standing by people who they really know. So for them, it's kind of boring. The people that are finished, um, they don't really have any activities to do um, because there's what can you do during a receiving line? Uh, and also during the receiving line, you can't, you can't stop it. Once you start it. There's like, like, what are you gonna do? Cut it? Like right. when people are upset, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel like too. So I actually haven't seen too many of these at our venue. We don't do a lot of receiving lines. Sure. However, I've gone to weddings where there have been receiving lines. And another point that I don't love about them is like I've, I've been in receiving lines where they have bride and groom and then like the parents of bride and groom and grandparents of bride and groom. And you know how awkward it is to be waiting in line and it's like, you don't even know this guy and it's his grandpa and you're like, sup, like what do we talk about while everyone else is talking? And it's just, it's awkward. Hi, I'm never gonna talk to you again. Never gonna talk to you again. This is who <laughs> yeah. I am. If you even care who I am, right. like it's, it's just so awkward. It's such an awkward way to start a reception off. Yes. It, uh, the way I always tell couples, um, the way I explain it is you don't start watching a Netflix movie and continue to the end if the beginning is terrible. Yeah. The same with a reception. If the beginning is boring, you're probably not going to stick around. Yeah. You're going to be like, okay, hey, this is boring. I'm going to grab some food and dip. Yep. So exactly. So, um, my, uh, the alternative to to a receiving line i think it's pretty simple i just have a mingling hour bride and groom the, i tell them their rules are they have to stick together uh bride and groom are a couple right they have to stick together and they have to try and get to every single person that comes in that's their job it's not a time to just hang out with their friends um and when we've done that it works out really well yeah because it accomplishes what they're trying to do with the receiving line in a much more organic and genuine way exactly i agree we're probably pre preaching to the choir but probably but. Yeah. <laughs> um the next way is a luncheon having a luncheon yeah um kind of similar to receiving lines we actually don't see too many luncheons at our venue but i definitely don't love luncheons <laughs> I just think they're they're very little value, mm -hmm. um, other than food. That's yeah. that's the only reason that people, not the only reason, generally the main reason that people do it. Mm -hmm. And I just think that there's not much value there. Um, if you're not going to be doing speeches, if you're not going to be doing any games, not that everybody loves doing games, but if you're not doing anything that really matters, then then why? Why are you doing it? There's McDonald's. Yeah, can, right? yeah, I agree. I don't know. Well, and I think. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said there's no value there. If if you're really dead set on having a luncheon, then make it purposeful. You know, have yeah. toast, do speeches, play a game or something. Make people 
appreciate that they are there, not just, oh, I'm here for the food and why else? All right. Right. Bye. Like, there's just so many other ways you can add value to that and make it worthwhile. Yeah. Um, I Sorry. I do Go think ahead. another thing is depending on what your whole timeline for the day looks like, a luncheon can throw in an awkward gap. So, true. you know, I mean, when I got married, it was really big in my family. They were like, whatever you do, do not have everyone have to be there all day. Like, do not right. make people like, well, you have to be there in the morning for this and then lunch for this and then dinner for this. They're like, don't do that. It's just, it's inconvenient. Everyone will like it so much more if they have a break or whatever. We got married early in the morning. So instead of going morning ceremony, luncheon, and then dinner reception, I just said, okay, our ceremony's in the morning. Whatever you do for the afternoon, go have fun and we'll see you for dinner. I like that. So everyone loved it. And they were like, okay, I got to go run errands or whatever. Cause it's their Saturday too. It's their day off. They have things that they got to do, you know? Um, and then they came back for dinner and partied. Yeah. So they, yep, exactly. I, I don't think it's a bad idea to order some sub sandwiches for people that are helping with it, but that's, yeah. But having like a formal sit down luncheon, it's just, I don't know. It works for some people, just not for me. Yeah. Agreed. (laughs) Agreed. Uh, this next one is for me, it's a party killer yeah. cleaning up before it's over. Like yep. if there's a good dance party going on and they start taking down the tables, man, it just, oh, it just kills, kills it. it. Yeah. Oh, totally. I, I definitely see this a lot as a venue. Yeah. Um, do you have a policy about this? So I wouldn't say we have like a written policy, but I am always very strict with my staff and, our interns and whatnot, you know, you want, it's been a long day. Of course you're wanting to get out, but that's, you know, that's besides the fact it's their wedding day. It doesn't matter how long you've worked. Um, but there is nothing that kills the mood faster than like, well, we're going to start cleaning up. We do try to help out however we can. So, but it's, it's a fine line. So saying, okay, well, it's getting close to 10. They're going to need to start wrapping up. Let's start help collecting trash. But it's very specific how it looks. It yeah. is not, I am clearing the table of everything. Right. Because that's that's going to make the couple feel rushed and like you have to leave. But it's, may I grab that can for you? Oh, I'm going to grab this can. It's yeah. very delicate to kind of help the cleanup. We don't start taking down until it is very apparent that the guests are taking down. Yeah. Even if, um, you know, if it's getting close to their deadline and they are just like nowhere near looking to start cleaning up, that's not on us to start. We find our point of contact and then say, hey, like, you know, it's always, it's always going to look better if the client starts cleaning up than us. Um, We had an instance where I can't remember all the details, but we were very delicately taking care of trash. Right. And this, she was she was pretty wasted. But this <laughs> one party guest comes up to us yeah. slurring and is like, y'all are killing the mood cleaning up. Like, how dare you start cleaning up this wedding? Like, yeah. we're not anywhere near ready. And, yeah. you know, so you want to be very careful how you approach it. But we've just found it's always best to not really clean up. Till someone that they know from their party starts cleaning up, you know, yep. if mother of the bride starts grabbing cardboard boxes, 
to us, that's a green light. Like, all right, let's go. Let's get moving. So. And for me, it's, it's you, I don't, I don't know if you realize you said it, but for me, it's the difference between cleaning up and taking down because mm-hmm. you can clean up. And I think that that's nice to just keep tables yeah. looking nice, yeah. but taking down, taking the tablecloths off, that's a whole different story. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just don't do it. And I, I recognize that family wants to get out of there too. Like oh, yeah. the dad, father of the groom that is like, I'm tired. I, oh yeah. Like, I want to get out of here. I want to be helpful. I'm bored. Mm-hmm. Start taking down, but uh, almost every wedding, about a half hour before they typically start cleaning up, yeah, it's usually father of the bride finds us and is like, "All right, so what's the sitch? Like, what do I need to know for takedown?" And then you know we'll fill him in. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they are usually eager to get going just yeah. as much. Yeah. So. Interesting. Uh, okay. Next, uh, hiring bad vendors. Oh, this is yeah. a great way to ruin a wedding. Yes. Uh. Yeah. How do you, I guess if we're talking mostly to vendors, mm-hmm. um, maybe from the planner side, how do you avoid hiring bad vendors? Um, I think a lot of it can start early with even just having a solid list of recommendations, you know, okay. um, if you have that your bride and groom are looking for vendors, if they, I don't know, I don't know if you're similar, but what I have found is a lot of times they are just right off the bat, like, well, who do you recommend? And if you give them a list, it's very rare they go off that list. So that's that's one way to kind of nip it in the bud and avoid bad vendors. But a lot of times it's just inevitable and it's, oh, well, I, I could talk all about this, but I have a friend who does this. Yeah. And that's a whole other situation. But there's there's a lot that you can't do with that and you just have to accept it. Yeah. Um, but I do think a lot of that comes into communicating with that vendor and just setting up what your expectation is, what their expectation is, and just being on the same page. Yeah, I, I agree. And this isn't just vendors in my mind. This isn't just vendors uh, that are not skilled at their jobs. I think it's also vendors that are not team players. Oh, agreed. Um, and that can be just as detrimental as somebody that's really bad at their job, because if there's one person that has their own agenda and everybody else is on the team, that one person is going to screw everything up. Um, or at least throw a wrench into the mix. And I, I don't know, anytime I work, uh, I'll just, I'll, I'll be honest. A lot of times DJs and planners, they have a tough time getting along. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could talk about why, but generally it's because they just have a different view on what the wedding day looks like. And I, so I just worked with a, a vendor, uh, a planner this last weekend at Lavelle and I called up and I said, Hey, I want to know how I can support you. I want to make sure that we're on the same page. How can I support you and make sure that I am not stepping on your toes, um, but I'm also able to do my job? And for her, that took down her walls. And she's like, oh, thank goodness. I'm really, really grateful that you reached out because now we can figure out who's doing what. Um, And some some people are not willing to have that conversation. For sure, yeah. uh, Yeah. For me, a vendor with a bad attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So what what is your suggestion if you get to a wedding and there is just a vendor that is not not a good vendor? Oh geez, man, it, it really <laughs> depends on on the situation, the specifics. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, if there's a photographer that's taking way too long with the couple, yeah. right? We've planned for an hour during cocktail hour, and they're taking it's been an hour and fifteen minutes and they're still going for it. Uh, I, I like to check with a couple and say, hey, how are you guys doing? Because maybe this is what they want. Even though we had planned yeah. something different, yeah. maybe this is what they want. Uh, I am really careful to try and give my opinion without stating this is what we have to do. Because um, I'm, I'm not a yes man. Uh, I'll make sure to say um, your guests are maybe getting, a, they're getting a little, you know, hungry or whatever it is. Um <laughs> But you also have to, you know, make sure that you're going by what the bride and groom want. On that same wedding, or maybe it was the day before, I don't remember. I had two, two weddings a, a little while. Yeah. All a blur. And uh, one of the uncles okay. was following around the photographer with a phone. I don't know if you were there for this. I don't, I wasn't. He was following the couple around with his phone doing video. Okay. And one of the other family members. Like intentionally or just for him? So that's what we couldn't tell. Okay. Right? I wasn't sure. But he was like right on him. Yeah. So one of the other family members said, yeah, this guy just doesn't know when to quit. I'm like, does he need to be talked to? And he said, yeah. So I went over and I said, hey, can we just give them a little bit of time with the photographer just alone? And he said, well, the groom asked me to do this. I said, oh, oh. okay. All right. Cool. How about it? Yeah. And I kind of double checked and, and I didn't ask the groom right away because that would be embarrassing. But yeah. in that instance, that's what they wanted. Yeah. Um, so he wasn't being a bad, bad vendor. I mean, family member, whatever. Yeah. But I had to kind of tiptoe around it. Um, but there have been times where I have to say, look, I understand that you're trying to do your job, but this is the plan that we've worked out and we really need to move forward. Yeah. And sometimes you have to kind of be a jerk about it. Not, yeah. I mean, a nice jerk. I don't know. Oh, no, for sure. I think kind of from the the venue side, I don't, I don't work as much with the vendor relation with the couple, but I do work a lot with the vendor relation with us as a venue. And so we have had instances where we get a vendor that comes in and they are just like destroying the property or something. And really like create damage. Yeah. And so, you know, that's something that you just have to talk with that vendor. And at the end of the day, you know, you, you have to be as polite as possible, but you also have to be firm and say like, this is unacceptable. And I do, I, I'm just the biggest advocate for communication. And of course you have to be polite about it, but just making the expectation clear and just saying, this is unacceptable. You know, I need you to stop this yeah. and go from there. Yeah. But, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Luckily, we don't have to deal with that too often. I don't it's true. anyways. Yeah. No, you find great vendors and they're great. So. Yeah. 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 Next. Again, with the communication, you yeah. know, I think a big ruiner of weddings is miscommunication with clients. Um, I could just rant forever about communication oh, and how sure. important it is. Um, but being sure that if there's anything that's even slightly confusing or not understood, making sure that's all taken care of before the day is critical. Um, I also, (laughs) 
rant about this all the time with my staff, but having everything written down is crucial. So like, here's the thing. If you have a conversation with someone, if they're like, Hey, I'm confused about this. And you're on the phone with them and you're like, Hey, let's clear up this confusion, blah, 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 blah. You get on the same page done. Your phone call ends. There's no record for it to be known that that was clear or made clear. Um, so I, I always tell my staff, you know, you have to have a paper trail. Um, unfortunately, just with how some people can be, you can make something as clear as day. And then two weeks later, they're like, well, I was never told that. Right. And you're like, yes, you were, but okay. And yeah, if you have nowhere to reference it, then, yeah, you know, it's, it's pointless. And so even having a phone call and then saying, you know, writing up that quick email that says, you know, thank you so much for talking with me today. Here are the points, whatever. Um, just having a written trail is so incredibly important. Yeah. Um, it's, there's another, another venue that I work with often and they, she said the same thing. She said yeah. the same exact thing. You got to have everything written down. You do. Um, the, the planning app that we use, uh, Everything that we put in there, the client can see. Everything the client puts in there, we can see. Mm-hmm. So anytime there's a change, we're both seeing the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, even with that, I always make sure to go uh, to go through it point by point and say, okay, your ceremony is starting at this time. Your bridesmaids are walking down to this song and it's this version. And oftentimes I'll play it for them and say, is this correct? Yeah. Because years ago I played probably most people have heard this song never stop by Mm -hmm. safety suit. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize at the time I was still pretty new. I didn't realize that there was, there was a wedding version and a non-wedding version. Ah. So I hit play and like, it's hard guitars playing and the bride and groom turned to me like, this isn't the right song. So we figured it out and uh, (laughs) we, you know, we got the right song, but ever since then I always make sure like that the details um, for especially the important moments, they're clear as day and that they give their, their check on it. Yeah. Uh, otherwise not just for them, but for you as a vendor, uh, mm-hmm. making sure like when I'm about to read off a name, I'm <laughs> announcing. Yeah. And if there's any confusion in my mind, cause I hadn't gone over it with them, like how do I say that name and say it confidently mm-hmm. if I don't know that it's the right pronunciation. So just going through making sure it's not just for the clients, but it's for you too. Oh, totally. Um, I think a lot of times I see this um, from the venue side as our policies. You know, whenever we book a client that, you know, they want to book our venue, I send them over the contract and I say, these are the policies. Do you have any questions? And that is the time for them to ask any questions. Um, because after that, you know, it's written there, it's stated, but it's pretty common that, you know, something can be so crystal clear to you and for someone else, there's always going to be a misunderstanding. Um, but so many times they'll be like, well, I thought it meant this, or I thought I didn't understand it like that. And so just making sure everything is so crystal clear to them is so important. Um, we go over a lot of that in our details meetings with them as well where we meet with them two months before their wedding and go over all the details of their day. And if there is anything that they are even slightly hesitant on, it's like, okay, we're not going to move forward till this is clear. Interesting. So, you know, of course, nicely, but like we want them to feel confident in understanding everything just as we want to feel confident in understanding everything. Yeah. 
Because, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. They show up on the day of and they have one expectation and you're not able to provide that yeah. or that's not something that you do. Mm-hmm. It's going to ruin the day. I mean, exactly. Well, that's the thing. Ultimately, no matter how clear you think it is, there's always someone who's not going to read it clearly. And so even though for you, you're like, well, this is clear as day. Like we don't, I mean, like a, a really basic one for us is we don't provide food or drinks. Right. It's clear as day in the contract. Okay. We emphasize that. But there's always going to be someone that's like, you don't you don't serve alcohol. You don't have at the booze. Where's the booze? Right. And it's like, no, so, that's, that's that's not, not on us. So, yeah. Yep. I love it. Uh, let's see. Staff not being in uh, the head game or too relaxed. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure we both can talk to this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I think we're kind of seeing it right now. We're filming in September and we're just right in busy, crazy wedding season. And I've noticed, you know, my staff is fantastic, but it's not unheard of even for myself to just not be in my, get my head in the game. You know, it's, it's pretty easy to be like, oh, this is our third wedding this week and I'm so tired. And, uh, and so like not having your head in the game is a huge way to ruin a wedding. Um, I think also being too relaxed, going into it as, oh, this is just another day at work. Like everything's fine. Yeah. Like way to, way to kill a wedding mood, you know, just another day. Like (laughs) when it's somebody's day that they've been planning for months or sometimes years. Exactly. And to show up and just say, "Eh, just work. Oh, it's fine. Oh, that, that thing is crooked. It's fine. Like it's not fine, you know? Yeah, a lot of the training that we do for our DJs is how do we be how can we be authentic in at the very least the announcements that we make. Yeah. Hopefully your whole demeanor throughout the day. But how can you be authentic? Uh I don't want to go into it too in depth, but um humans are really really good BS meters, right? Yeah. They so, are. if there's a DJ that says Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the, like, <laughs> I do not feel like I'm a lady or gentleman when somebody yeah. says that. But if the DJ is looking around and says, ladies and gentlemen, and you really feel it from them, you know, and you're going to trust them later. So oh, totally. having DJs, at least, yeah, having DJs that are not in the head game, they are setting the tone for everyone else at mm-hmm. that wedding. Um, they're not the only component, of course, but yeah, they need to. They need to be in the head game. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, you know, a lot of times when you're in customer service, you talk about um, fake it till you make it, put a smile on. But like you said, humans are excellent BS readers. And so if someone comes up to you with a concern and they're like, I have a concern about this. If you're just like, oh, yep, I will address it. They're going to be like, okay, they didn't hear a word I said. Like, they don't actually care. And so being authentic and being genuine in every interaction is crucial. So It can be difficult. It can be totally difficult, but it's crucial. Um, Um, Another note I have here is just, it's so hard to do. But when you are at work, you need to keep work, work, and your personal life out. Yeah. <laughs> it can be really hard to do. You know, life life happens. And obviously, if there's something massive, then you need to be able to look at the situation and say, I'm not in my top game. I need help or something like right. that. But at the end of the day, you know, if if there's something going on in your personal life, 
you need to leave it at the door when you come to work and you are there solely for your couple yeah. and you are there to make their day amazing. And, you know, who? I mean, I always just in my mind, I'm like, well, whatever is going on at home is it's out of my mind. I can't even think about it. Right. You know, my husband will call me and be like, well, what about this? I'm, I'm at work. I, it's not not in my head. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. hundred percent. Um, which goes to the next point, just keeping your client as your number one focus. I mean, exactly. you, you have to, um, if, if we are in a different industry, it'd be different, but for a wedding, exactly. they need that. They, they expect need that. that. Well, and that's the thing. That's the expectation. You know, yeah. you are putting yourself out there as the person to help bring their day to life. Yeah. And so they need you to be, what is that you, they need you for them to be your number one yeah, focus, yeah, yeah. whatever right, I'm trying right. to say. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I agree. Cool. So. Um, also, okay, so um, a good way as a vendor to ruin the wedding, I guess as anybody, yeah. uh, is to not check the vibe that you're sending out. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I think you and I were kind of talking about this at this last weekend's wedding. But even as simple as just what vibe are you sending? How are you standing? I mean, yeah. are you sitting there watching everything super closed off and arms closed? And are you approachable? Right. Like, no, you're not. And no matter how hard you try, you're going to end up in the back of pictures. That's yeah, one thing I have learned. You know, as much as you try, there's always a photo that gets posted. I'm like, oh. There I am. There I am. <laughs> and so you always want to be aware of what vibe am I sending? Are my arms crossed? Am I open, approachable? You know, even you don't want to just sit there and like fake smile the whole time. Right. But at least look pleasant. But look pleasant. Yeah. You know, don't look like you're in pain or something. <laughs> so Yeah, agreed. Another thing I've had to train myself to do is to walk. Yeah. Uh, my my for some reason, my initial uh, when I'm trying to get somewhere, I, I, I just want to run. Yeah. I, on a wedding day, especially at LaBelle Lake, because it's really Because it's out. super far. <laughs> um, but if people see that I am running mm -hmm. and they see that I'm holding a clipboard so they know that I'm kind of in charge and I'm running, something's wrong. They're instantly like, oh, what's wrong? Right. He's running. Yeah. They may not say it. They may not even think it, yeah. but they know. But they know. If they see the people in charge walking casually, even if we're behind schedule, it's okay. Exactly. They've got it under control. Um, I think a big thing too, is you have to be so careful with how you're using your cell phone. How, cell phone use. Yeah. How you use yeah. your cell phone. I mean, the thing is, is, you know, as a vendor, you want to get material for your story or for Instagram or something. So, you know, you sit there, you take a picture or video, but then when you're putting it on, you have to be so careful how that looks. I usually tell my staff, like, don't add stuff till you're out of sight in the garage or something. Yeah. We hang out yeah. in the garage, you know. <clears throat> um, but that's the thing is, cause even, even if it's something that is so important, how does that look if you're just sitting there texting you know you could be texting the bride right. but how does that look to people they're not going to know that yeah and so you just have to be so careful um also if you have to take like a phone call mm -hmm. it's still better than texting but step away remove yourself yeah. and still know how your body language is while you're on that call are you are you slouching and taking a casual call right. or right. are you taking care of business yeah so <clears throat> i always i, I I always try anytime I'm 
taking a phone call, I step away so that I'm off stage. Exactly. People are still going to see me, but they know, I mean, they know people have some yeah. things happen. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. I always wait till the end of the night to Instagram all my stuff. I That's take the smart. video and then I wait till the end of the night. Um, mm -hmm. And for me, that works um, yeah. just because I'm not very good at like Instagramming. So <laughs> I can like focus on that. But yeah, yeah. If, if you're, if you take yourself out of the game by putting yourself into your cell phone, people are going to see it. So, exactly. And you're exactly. not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about, maybe we can go through these pretty quickly. I think we can. Okay. Having, you haven't walked through, we kind of talked about this, but haven't walked through the details of the day. Uh, and this can mean a lot of different things. I think for for your staff, this might be something that they've practiced over and over again, so they know exactly what to do. But for a new yeah. trainee, it might not be. So, for example, um, this is something you guys do. Yeah. Kate. So this, yeah, because honestly, this is kind of where going through the details is where our details meetings came from. We didn't used to do details meetings, but we just found out, you know, hey, it's better to talk with bride and groom way before wedding day so that they are just, you know, not yeah. in the moment of their wedding but even just all the little details. So, you know, do you have a wedding cake? If you have a wedding cake, are you serving it? Or is it just for the two of you? If you are choosing to serve it, who is serving it? Right. I've seen so many times couples get this massive, stunning cake <laughs> and they are like, yeah, we're serving it. And they, they do their cut and then everyone is just waiting around. They're like, so when right. do we get to eat? And then no one gets to eat it. And it's so sad because... Most times it just gets thrown in the trash and right. it's so much money. Um, so, you know, delegating who is going to do this. Um, that is something I've trained my staff on because it's just easy for us to, you know, once you know how to cut a wedding cake, it's easy. Yeah. And it's easy for us to offer and say, oh, well, you know, do you have someone you would like to serve it? And then most times they're like, well, who knows how to cut a wedding cake? Oh, well, my staff does. They'll just take care of it for yeah. you. So, and I mean, in, in the scheme of things, it's a small thing. It is a small thing, but not having this plan beforehand, it can really throw, it can just throw, throw it off. off. Yeah. yeah. And then it just adds some question and some pressure and, you know, more often or not, if someone doesn't know how to cut it, then they are just completely terrified and they're right. like, how do I cut this thing? You know, I've only been scared to cut a cake once, but <laughs> it was a really, really tall, skinny yeah. cake. But, you know, but when you're trained and ready, it's not as scary. Yep. So. so probably the same can be said for if who's doing toasts, who's pouring the champagne for the toast, especially with alcohol concern. Exactly. That can be depending on the venue that you're at. Um, mm -hmm. Who's going to fluff the bride's dress? Yeah. I think almost more important than fluffing the bride's dress is who knows how to bustle that dang dress. Exactly. That has been such a such problem a at more weddings than I can count. <laughs> yeah. We're ready to do the grand entrance and they're like, we need like <laughs> we five need more minutes. And it turns into 30 minutes, right? Yeah. So yeah, maybe that's something I'm going to start talking to him about. Make do sure it. that somebody do knows it. how, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think too, being aware of all those little details, it helps show the bride and groom that you are the professional, you know right. that expertise. I mean, the amount of times I talk to a couple and they're like, I would have never thought of that. That's why you're the professional. And yeah. it's like, thank oh, you. I guess, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, Sounds okay. <laughs> um, 
And then I think also important is having a point of contact for the day and delegating who that is. That's not the bride. That's a big one that we hit in our details meetings is because if, you know, sometimes the bride wants to have questions asked to her and that's okay. You know, day of, if we have a question, she wants us to talk to her, that's fine. But who are you going to talk to if something's not going to plan? shouldn't be the bride, right? You know, no she shouldn't be aware of it. Yeah. So, um, and also it's important to know whoever that point of contact is, they're going to be the ones getting instructions for cleanup and all those little details. Right. Yeah. And so most times we do advise, you know, it's not required, but we do advise whoever your point of contact is going to be that day. Will they be drinking? Because oh, interesting. a lot yeah. of times if they are drinking, and if they have a little too much to drink, it's next to impossible to get all the information right. clearly across. So interesting. I never thought about that, but that makes sense. Yep. Um, not having a clear plan for cleanup. Uh, <laughs> no one wants to figure out cleanup when they're drunk and celebrating. That's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So because uh, especially depending on the venue that you're at, some venues they're like. We'll take care of everything for you. Yeah. You pay yeah. us, we'll take care of everything. Other times, and I've been to weddings. There was a wedding just recently. I don't know if they got their deposit back because at the end of the night, I was the last person out and it was still kind of a mess. Yeah. And so they might not get their deposit back. Mm-hmm. So having a plan for that beforehand, uh, exactly. that might not ruin the wedding day, but it'll definitely it'll, sour. As you say, yeah, it'll sour. So it won't ruin the wedding day, but you know... Lucky thing about getting married is bride and groom can go off and, you know, they don't have to deal with cleanup. Um, But if you have this wonderful wedding celebration and then there's no clear expectations for the guests that are helping clean up, it can really sour. They could say, well, that was a great wedding. But remember when we had to clean up and it was such a pain, like it can really sour the memory. I had a, a good friend that got married years ago down in Utah. And at the end of the night, it was my wife and I cleaning up our DJ stuff. And the bride and groom cleaning up. I've had that happen like, too. Get out of here. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. And I mean, because he was a good friend, we just, you know, we cleaned up. But mm-hmm. I mean, normally I wouldn't do that. Oh, and same. I, yeah. I just felt bad. So I've had that happen too, where like all of the family members leave right. and then it's my staff and bride and groom. And we're like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Like go. And, you know, we don't typically do all of that. You know, we won't clean up their decorations and whatnot, but like is bride and groom. It was like, go, we'll just go. We'll take care of it. This is your day to be king and queen. Exactly. Like, why are you here cleaning up? So. Yeah. Uh, Okay. And the last one that probably, maybe this is more for, for couples to think about, but inviting everyone to the reception. Yeah. Everyone having the parents invite everyone they can think of. I just, I think it's a big mistake and I think it can ruin a wedding. I agree. Well, and I think kind of in a more specific example, if you invite everybody under the sun, then what what does that look like for your food and your beverage? It's expensive. It's expensive. Yeah. And then on top of that, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've noticed like RSVPs are, they don't work. They don't work at all. <laughs> and so you plan for like 400 people, but then what happens if only... 200 show up then you've spent all this money on food and drink and not only does that go to waste waste of food waste of money but 
ultimately you're setting you are setting yourself up for a letdown because yeah. if you invite 400 and even if you have 200 of your closest friends there it's going to feel like well it's not what i was expecting yeah. you know yeah. you're going to set yourself up for a letdown yeah so. i some of the best weddings we've had a few weddings this year that were micro weddings we had a couple that came from uh georgia and Dude, it was fun. Yeah. They had 20 people. That's awesome. That's it. 20 yeah. people, including the bride and groom. Wow. And it was so much fun because everybody that was there, they were like 100% there. They're there for because them. I think there's a difference if somebody comes to your door and they say, hey, we're having a big get together. Come. We'd love to have you come. Like, that's one thing. Right. But if somebody comes up to you and says, I'm getting married and I really want you to be there. We're not going to have very many people there. Yeah. And I really want you there. You're like dude, I'm there. And you're going to yeah. party when you're there because oh, yeah. you know that you're, you're cared about. Whereas if you're just one sheep and a whole, exactly. You know, it's no fun. Exactly. I agree. Um, I think just kind of tiny going along with that a little different, but tiny, um, especially when setting up for a ceremony, we just something we do as a venue is we always put less chairs than expected. Yeah. Because there is nothing more sad than your wedding photos and wedding video looking empty yeah or you're standing up at the altar and you look out and it's empty that's just that's a way to kill a ceremony moment for that's sure smart. so we we usually go less and then if we need to put more out fantastic we're here cool. for it we got them ready and boom they're there yeah it's just nothing's more sad than empty chairs that's so. or even if even if all the chairs are filled and there's a few people standing yeah like that's great as opposed and it could be the same amount of people but if you had more chairs, then it would look at it. That's really smart. Yeah. Smart. Thank you. I like it. Those are our ways to ruin a wedding. Uh, there are probably other ways that you've seen. If you've seen other wedding uh, faux pas, uh, let us know. Let us know. We want to hear them. I'd love to hear them. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, signing off. And uh, let's see. What should we talk about next week? Our next episode will be talking all about community over competition. Uh, why it's important to to focus on the community instead of how you're better than the next person. Um, so looking forward to that one. Yeah, me too. I think it'll be a good one. Okay. So thanks. Okay. We'll see ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of the top secret wedding podcast. Subscribe, rate and review us and we'll see you next time.